This is episode three of Hitting Hard. I am your host, Christian. Uh, we're a few days past Christmas, so I hope everybody had a very Merry Christmas. And if you do not celebrate Christmas, then hopefully, you know, you had a uh, a few days to just hang out and relax and not uh, really do much. Um, I don't really know what we're going to cover here today. Uh, we're in kind of that dead period here where not much is happening in the world of Major League Baseball. The hot stove is... Um, at a quiet simmer right now. There's really not much going on. Uh, Nelson Cruz did sign a one-year contract with the, uh, who did he sign with? The Minnesota Twins today. I believe it was just on, just a little over $14 million. So you got that. Um, I guess we could, uh, jump right into this, what was kind of happening on my Twitter earlier. Um, this, Earlier this week, I forget. You're in that, you know, like, I see people tweeting about this. Like, you're in that weird spot right now between Christmas and New Year's where you just, you're just kind of lost on what the hell's happening. Um, yeah, so we had, um, what did I say? I'm trying to figure it out, trying to go off the top of my head here. Oh, yeah, I said that the Yankees needed, uh, Zach Britton more than they needed Manny Machado. Now, whoa, you know, like, that was like this big no-no, can't say that, because, you know, that means something bad if you don't think that the Yankees need Manny Machado. And, again, I'm going to say this, and I hope people understand where I'm coming from. I don't think the Yankees need Manny Machado. Do I want Manny Machado? Yeah, who doesn't want Manny Machado on their ball club? I think it's silly if you say, oh, I don't want him. He's one of the top five to seven, ten, if you want to go that deep. But he's one of the top ten players in Major League Baseball. So, of course, you want him. But is he realistically a need for the New York Yankees? I personally don't think so. Because even if Didi's going to miss three, four months out of the year, you can fill in the gaps with guys like a Danny Echeverria or bring in Neil Walker and shift uh, Glaber over to shortstop. So you can get by and then people are like, oh, well, you know, Didi's going to be hurt and you're going to miss his production and that's why you need Andujar uh, Machado. Yeah, the Yankees won 100 games last year and Aaron Judge missed, what, six weeks. Gary Sanchez was on a, on a milk carton for most of the year. Um... You had Stanton who fought his way through a lot of slumps, and I don't anticipate him slumping that much this year. I think being in the American League a full year now will really help him out. Uh, you had Didi, um, for, uh, you had Didi on the DL this past season. You had no production out of your, uh, first base situation until Voigt got there at the end of the year. So, you know, offensively, the Yankees did have some struggles in areas. Uh, Glaber missed time on a DL and they still managed to score enough runs and win a hundred games. That's why, like, I'm not totally concerned over saying that we need Machado to replace Didi Gregorius because I believe that, um, what do you call it? I believe that they will have enough offensively. If you have, um, if you have Aaron Judge for a full year, if you got, uh, John Carl Stanton now, um, you know, more acclimated to the American League. You have Aaron Hicks. You know, you say you get a complete healthy year out of Aaron Hicks. You have Miguel Andujar at third base. You're going to get, a, you know, hopefully a full year out of Glaber Torres. 
Uh, you know, you hope Gary returns to the 2017 Gary Sanchez. So you should have enough offensively where you shouldn't be worried about needing Manny Machado to cover deficiencies that you might not have from Didi being injured. Okay. So that's why I say that getting a guy like Zach Britton is much more important to the success of the Yankees in 2019. And all I keep hearing is the Yankees need pitching. The Yankees need pitching. So if you can't get a rotation full of aces, why don't you, why don't you stack your bullpen with as many closers as you possibly can? And Britain supposedly wants closer money, and I think it would be smart to give him closer money because if you think about it realistically, right, you're losing Britain and David Robinson from this from this bullpen. So you need to replace those guys, and you can't tell me Stephen Tarpley is going to come in and and be a shutdown guy, or tell me that Jonathan Holder is going to move up in the pecking order. I don't want this bullpen to uh, be less of a strength than it was. In 2018, that's why I'm looking to add two top-level guys, whether it's Adovino, Robertson, uh, Britton, which I think are the only guys left, right? Uh, look, bro, you have to stop with this Madison Bumgarner stuff, okay? Madison Bumgarner is he's a postseason wonder. We all know what he's done in the postseason, but to, to take the assets that it's going to take to get him right now, I'm not looking to make that move. And your rotation is pretty much set right now. So, you know, unless you're getting me a guy that has years of control beyond 2019, I'm not looking to trade for him right now. If this comes um, in July and the Giants come to you and say, hey, you know, we'll trade you Bumgarner, and, you know, take some mid-level prospects, then, you know, I'm, I'm looking to do it. But I'm not trading Miguel Andujar or Estevan Florio or any of my, you know, my really coveted prize um, prospects, not that Andujar is a prospect, for Madison Bumgarner in one year and, and he's gone? No, I'm sorry. You know, take a lesser package in July when, you know, maybe you might see, bro, Honestly, I'm not going to shout you out on here because everybody knows you to be kind of ridiculous with your trade scenarios. Uh, Jay Happ was phenomenal for the Yankees last season. If you're going to come on here and tell me that Jay Happ is holding back the New York Yankees, you need to go somewhere else right now. Okay, the guy was 7-0. and He pitched to a sub-3 ERA with the Yankees last year. And you're going to be hung up on what? One bad postseason start? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, okay? This is this is my show. I can be harsh when anybody gets called hitting hard, and I'm hitting hard. Don't come here and disrespect Jay Happ and what he did for the New York Yankees in 2019 and give, give anybody a line of crap that he's going to hold this team back. I'm sorry. I don't want to hear it. And CC, I don't like I said, CC pitched to a 3.65 ERA last year. If you're going to get 100 innings out of this guy and get him to get you through July, I'm taking it. If, just for him being around, okay? So enough, seriously. All right, back to Zach Britton. You need you need to up the, you need to solidify this bullpen with uh, Robertson and Britton as free agents. And my the guy for me is Zach Britton. That's the guy you got to go and get. Okay, you're gonna tell me he wants closer money. I'm inclined to pay him closer money. Everybody's saying, oh, the Yankees are cheap. The Yankees are cheap. Yeah, so go and spend the money on something that really, really matters. If you can't have a rotation full of aces, have a bullpen full of closers. You mean, I'm honestly, I'm looking at it like this, that we did not see the real Zach Britton in a Yankee uniform. We didn't. 
He struggled with his command, and a lot of it had to do with the fact that, in my mind, he was coming back from the Achilles injury. He was working himself back. And as we got further away from the injury, he, you know, he got his command back. Yeah, he gave up a home run here. He gave up a home run there. But his stuff is devastating. I mean, we've all seen it. We all know how good it is. So um, that's the guy I want. That's the guy I'm saying. Put him in the back end of his bullpen. Because think about it like this. A roller Chapman is a roller coaster. Even when he's great, he still gives you Ajita, right? And... He's got the bad knee. He missed time last year. So why not give yourself an insurance policy against that? You got Batances. We all know we none of us want to see Dellen Batances closing games. He is phenomenal. He's the, the best eighth inning reliever in Major League Baseball, okay? But I don't want to see him closing games. So now you got uh, Batances, Britton, Chapman, I'm uh Horton Horton here's a who I'm telling you right now and my right now in my mind their main need is solidifying this bullpen that's why I'm telling you guys that they need to go and sign Zach Britton and give him give him closer money whatever that is you want to give him three years at 16 million you want to give him an option for a fourth year I'm okay with that you got to do it um so Here's where it also protects you. It protects you in 2019 against uh, Chapman, who's got the bad knee, inconsistency. And, you know, Chapman has an opt-out clause uh, going into 2020. Does he think that he can beat the seven? What is it, $17 million a year or so he's getting from the Yankees right now? Does he think he can beat that and opts out? Because if he opts out, the Yankees shouldn't touch him. Just let him go. Goodbye. Uh, and then what do you call it? Dylan Batances. This is his last year of arbitration. Uh, look, bro, people say that you're ridiculous with your trades because they're ridiculous. Okay. They, they're absolutely atrocious. Everybody knows they're a joke. Most people just think of you as a troll. Okay. So you want to come on hitting hard. You're getting hit hard right now. Don't, don't come here and tell me that, oh, most of this fan base is prospect tuggers. They're not. People like realistic trades. And I've seen some of the crap that you spin out there. It's, it's dumb. Okay. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Go somewhere else and, and see if anybody else will entertain you because I'm not doing it no more. Um, all right. So Batances is in his last year of arbitration, right? So what if he, he decides, you know what? I want to be a closer somewhere. I don't, I don't think the Yankees will ever give me the opportunity to be a closer. I want to be a closer somewhere. So now you've lost in the last three years. You've lost uh, Robertson, who I don't think is coming back. You keep hearing all these rumblings about going to Boston. And there's the, um, you know, the whole playoff share thing, leaving a bad taste in everybody's mouth. So maybe he's, you know, maybe the Yankees are just going to wash their hands of that whole situation. Who knows what's going on with Adovino, so you don't know, you know. So they could lose out of this bullpen Robertson, Batances, and Chapman all in the course of two years. And you want to be not – you don't want to just win a World Series in 2019. You want to keep winning World Series. So you got to protect yourself against that and by doing that you got to have a really good bullpen that's why you go for it and you sign zach Britton. you give him the money you sign the man okay all right let's take a deep breath here let's ran it back in let's go back to manny machado now manny machado yes he makes the yankees better but he's he it's not he's not like the missing piece okay there's not like this missing piece like Manny Machado, if he comes here, the Yankees are winning the World Series because he's the missing piece. He's not the missing piece, okay? He would come here to be a cog in a wheel, a big cog in a wheel, somebody that makes this team a lot better, 
But I honestly think if you don't think that this team is good enough right now with what they have, just in, and then you improve the bullpen to be a world championship team, I don't know what your expectations are. You have Aaron Judge. You have uh, – you want to say whenever Didi comes back, you'll have Didi. You'll have Andujar. You'll have Glaber Torres. You have Gary Sanchez. You have Aaron Hicks. You have Giancarlo Stan. There's a, these teams, a lot of these teams, you know, you talk outside of Boston, you know, Houston. These teams can't compete with that type of offensive firepower. And you tell, you need to add Manny Machado on top of that? No, you don't need to. Yeah, it would be nice if they did. I mean, it's going to create a lot of headaches. What do you do with Machado? Yeah, what do you do with Andujar? You know, what what about Didi? But, you know, if you can get a guy like Machado, obviously you, you know, you worry about all that stuff afterwards. But again, he's not a need for this ball club. He's a, he's a want. You want him. Like, I, I need to eat every day, but sometimes I want pizza. I don't need pizza to stay alive. Like, the Yankees don't need Machado to win the World Series, okay? Sometimes pizza tastes better than whatever else you might be eating. Just like, yeah, Machado might is a better ball player than, you know, Danny Echeverria, who could be an option to cover Didi's absence. But could the Yankees get by for three months of uh, Danny Echeverria? Yeah, they could. They could absolutely carry that glove bat and ninth in this lineup. And you can't you can't convince me otherwise. Okay, think about it. This team won 100 games last year and Shane Robinson basically played the month of August. So. Okay, what else you guys want to talk about here? I had a somebody asked me a question about what I thought about the Yankees acquiring Armando Benitez in 2003, and to be honest with you, I've never even thought about it. I mean, what he didn't last here very long. I don't actually have uh his game logs from 2003 in front of me, but I don't remember him being with the Yankees very long, so it didn't matter then and uh, it honestly matters even less now. Uh and then my somebody else asked me, or it might have been the same person about John Rocker. The guy's a nutcase. Uh, that's basically what it is. He was a good pitcher that, you know, he was kind of a little bit of a flash in the pan that maybe had a little bit more to spotlight because he was crazy. You know, he would, he would fit in very well in this day and age, as they say, with some of the things that come out of his mouth. He just, he would kind of just fit in right now. So there's that. Um, so. I don't know what else uh, Yankee wise you want to talk about. If uh, you know, we got you got to do the NYY Sports Talk podcast tomorrow, so I'm sure we're gonna have to drum up some topics here because I doubt anything major is gonna happen in the next I don't know 24 hours. It could, you never know. But that's just what I wanted to spitball out there today. Doing the Yankee portion of hitting hard, uh, we had you know due to Machado stuff, the need of Manny Machado, and then. Um, the more of the need of getting a guy like Zach Britton, okay? To me, because everybody's saying the Yankees need pitching, the Yankees need pitching. And if you find, if you think there's deficiencies in this rotation, how do you hide deficiencies? By having a stronger bullpen. And you want to have enough guys out there that you're not killing these guys where their arms are dead in August. That's why, yeah, can you get by with Chad Green and Holder and uh, Chapman and Batances? Yeah, you could. But wouldn't it be nicer to have Adovino and Britton out there? This way you could rotate guys in and out and Boone can have these guys fresh in September and October. That's the way I'm looking at it. So that's where my main area of concern is right now for the Yankees to solidify this bullpen. Um, I actually said it, it was probably last about a week ago now when Machado announced that, um, 
he wasn't going to sign until after the new year that I said this should be a priority for Brian Cashman right now to go get Zach Britton. Excuse me, because uh, Britton is, you know, the Phillies and Yankees, there's two guys they're fighting over now, Machado and Zach Britton. So go out there, get Zach Britton, lock that up. This way, if Adovino goes somewhere else, then he goes somewhere else. But at least you have Zach Britton. I'm telling you, this is, I, I could be wrong. This is just me, my personal opinion that Zach Britton has, you have not seen the the best of Zach Britton in a Yankee uniform. And I would hate for him to go somewhere else and then the Yankees not him show that somewhere else and the Yankees not replace that. Okay. That's, that's my main takeaway from this. Okay. So that's where I am on that. Um, Giants are New York Giants segue out of the Yankees here because there's really not much else to talk about. We're running over 17 minutes right now. And I'd like to do other things in, uh, in this show, the Giants are wrapping up there. Uh, I have plenty of trust that uh, I above first base. I have plenty of trust that Sevy's going to improve. Remember, he's only 24 years old, and he pitched. There's been uh, throughout most of 2017 and the first half of 2018 where he pitched like the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. So I have plenty of confidence that he can get it right and just you know carry it on into being that guy. Okay, because if there's anything that the Yankees really need from 2019, it's to Sevy to take that final step where he doesn't pitch like the best pitcher in baseball half the season, where he just is the best pitcher in Major League Baseball. And he's got the stuff to do it. And you can't convince me that he doesn't because I've seen it. It's disgusting when he's on. Um the, uh, the New York Giants are wrapping up their season. Uh, they're going to play the Cowboys on Sunday. Nobody cares, right? So what are the Giants going to do with the quarterback position in 2019? Uh, it's going to be – I mean, it's going to be Eli Manning, right? I mean, I don't see how it's not because the cap hit and the fact that it's just – there's just no other options out there for the, for the Giants, right? You really think that Nick Foles is going to come here, Teddy Bridgewater, Joe Flacco, are those better options for what you'll have to pay them than to just keep Eli? That's my. That's where I'm coming from. And now that Herbert, or is that his name, Herbert or Hubert, the guy from Oregon, is going to stay in, are there really that many uh, college quarterbacks that you want to hand the reins over to next year? I don't know. I Honestly, and I said this on Twitter uh, after the game on after the Giant game on Sunday, they have enough offensively if they can get another lineman or two in here to help protect Eli and open up holes for Barkley. They have enough here offensively to score enough points to win games in 2019. The problem with the Giants is that their defense is disgustingly bad. They have no talent on the defense. There's some young guys, uh, Tomlinson and uh, Hill. You know, playing on the on the line there that are good. They're young players. They need to develop. But I mean, they have nobody in the secondary, especially with Collins out. So I mean, if they're gonna you know draft and spend money, and if you're just think thinking solely on 2019, you have to improve this defense. I oh, my God, how many games have the Giants lost this year where their defense has just let up? leads in the last couple of minutes they lead the nfl in games lost by seven or fewer points that's on the defense i'm sorry you everybody wants to knock eli and and take shots at eli and pretend like you know he's not you know he's just just the worst quarterback 
that's ever played in the NFL, but it's the defense. And if you want to win in 2019, which I think the Giants want to do, they have to improve the defense. I don't want to go too much into the Giants because I want to do a couple other things here. Um, Opened up the show by saying that uh, Christmas was a couple days ago. I don't think that's – I'm breaking any news there. I think everybody knows that Christmas was a couple days ago. So favorite Christmas movies. For me, it starts with Home Alone. Boom. Home Alone number one. The first one, the original. Um, It's a classic movie. I put this out there the other day. What are your desert island movies? The five movies that if you could only watch those five movies, what would – for the rest of your life, what would they be? And I put Home Alone on there. Honestly, I don't know how I could get through the rest of my life without never watching Home Alone again. Um, and then you get to the here's the big controversial one, right? A Christmas story. You get the Christmas story people, and then you have the people that hate a Christmas story. I'm a Christmas story fan. I like the movie. Uh, I have to watch it once full through, unedited, on Blu-ray, just pop it in, watch straight through once on Christmas Eve. That's what I do. And then throughout the course of the day, you pick 10 minutes here, you pick 10 minutes there. It's a great movie. People that don't like it, I think that they just like to say that they don't like it because it's um, – it's uh, what do you call it? Because it's like the 24 hours of Christmas story. So they think they're rebelling against something. If you actually sat down there and watched a Christmas story and it wasn't on TBS for, you know, a day straight, I, I don't think you would get this anti uh, a Christmas story sentiment that you get from a lot of people. And then other good Christmas movies is uh, the first Santa Claus with Tim Allen. I like that one. Uh, obviously, you cannot go wrong with Clark Griswold and A Christmas Vacation. That is another uh, That's another Christmas Eve movie. You have to do that. For me, that's one we always do on Christmas Eve. And then um, I like Christmas with the Cranks. I think that's you know, it's a fun movie. It's not great. It's I like it. I watch it every year. Uh, Home Alone 2, you have to include Home Alone 2. Although I don't really like it as much as the first one. I, I enjoy it. It's it's a good movie. But it is just it doesn't stack up to the first one for me personally. And then um, I'm just talking strictly movies. Like I saw somebody put out a list of their favorite Christmas movies the other day and they had Rudolph on there like we're not going to debate whether Rudolph is bad for your kids or not but it's not a movie it's like a TV show like I like I don't include that or like Frosty I'm just talking about like strict straight up movies um I'm not getting into the whole Die Hard is a Christmas movie debate that's for you guys to decide but if you're gonna say Die Hard is a Christmas movie then so is Rocky Four because Rocky fights the Russian on Christmas so that counts as a Christmas movie so if you're gonna say Die Hard is so is Rocky Four okay and then what were we also saying oh yeah Just Friends right funny story about Just Friends I was dating my wife maybe only I don't know couple months we're going to blockbuster to rent a movie remember blockbuster kids oh my out of all these stores that have closed blockbuster is right there at the top of my list of places that i wish were still open i would just go in there and walk around for 20 minutes a half hour and not even sometimes not even rent anything just to see what was out kill time you know i i really miss blockbuster 
But we went there. We were. Lo- it was like uh, June, July. We were looking for a movie to watch, and you know, Ryan Reynolds, Anna Faris. We were like, okay, rom com. Didn't think anything of it. Didn't even know it was really a Christmas movie. We watched it, and then it sort of became our movie. And now every Christmas night, we watch Just Friends. Actually, we had to watch it last night because. For those of you that are not married, uh, being married and doing Christmas is tough because you got your parents, her parents, wherever you're going for Christmas, you could be at three or four different places. So by the time we got home, it was like 930. We didn't even do our gift exchange yet. So we were both like, yeah, we're uh, we're pretty good on watching a movie tonight. So we ended up watching Just Friends last night. It's Chris Brander, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, how could you not? If you watch that movie, I don't understand how you could not like it. Like people that are like, oh, Just Friends is stupid. You're stupid. Okay. Um, last but not least, we'll do a little WWE and get you out of here. Uh, running on about 25 minutes right now. So we're right there uh, on the Christmas edition of SmackDown, Rusev defeated Shinsuke Nakamura for the United States Championship. I don't couldn't even tell you who uh, Nakamura beat for the U.S. title. I believe it was Jeff Hardy, but I couldn't tell you. It's just Nakamura on the main roster has just been such a disappointment from the time he got up here to right now. Um, you see it all the time with um, NXT call-ups. These guys are are headlining NXT takeovers, four or five star matches. Can't you think they're can't miss superstars when they get up here, and then they get up here, and then they're just they're bums. They're literally bums. Uh, you you you'd be lucky. Like I they they found Tyler Breeze last week. I only knows where the heck he was for nine months. Probably the last time anybody's seen him. So it's disappointing. Like these guys, they have things that are. Uh, Make that make them stars in NXT. They have good matches. They have good characters. They come up here and then they're they're wasted. Like maybe Finn Balor would have been the exception as the first Universal Champion, but unfortunately he got hurt. And then you know they haven't done anything with them. Maybe the one guy where he's kind of stayed at a certain level has been Kevin Owens, but you know even then. You know, he really hasn't been, like, a main event guy. They dip him down. You know, he stays, you know, but he hasn't, like, totally been buried. But, like, Nakamura, right? I didn't – I'm not going to say I'm I'm a big a New Japan uh, wrestling watcher. I, you know, I watch, like, big events, big matches, uh, whatever. You know, if it comes on Axis over here and there's a match I'm interested in, I'll watch it. But – after watching uh, Nakamura and AJ Styles at uh, Wrestle Kingdom in 2016, I was very excited for both of them to come here and finally have a feud. And Nakamura went to NXT, had a bunch of really great matches, comes up here after WrestleMania 33, I think it was. And then, um, you know, you're just waiting. You're waiting for it to hit. For And then he just kind of stays at it stays at like a certain level he doesn't really do anything and then finally he gets that big push at the royal rumble you finally get that match with aj styles and what happened Ugh, nothing he has that whole feud with styles you think that they get what three or four pay-per-view matches you get like a you get like these these great great matches and they were just like centered around kicks to the balls Ugh, very disappointing and then um they turn him heel, and then you're like, okay, maybe they'll do something different with them. And then 
you know, if he wins the U.S. title and you're like, okay, well, maybe now, you know, he'll be a secondary champion. They don't see him as the main event guy, but he'll be a secondary champion. He'll have, uh, you know, good matches with this title. And I couldn't, I honestly, I couldn't even remember what the guy did with the United States title aside from losing it the other night. So, you know, if there's one guy where like, I'm super disappointed in the way he's been booked and treated since, uh, Coming up from NXT, it's Nakamura. And you can say, well, you know, I heard a lot of rumblings like, oh, he takes it easy now. He's got the guaranteed WWE money, you know, all the hard mat. That's fine. But you can work a WWE style and still, you know, have good matches and be featured prominently. And they just didn't do that with him. He, he's like an also ran. And now, now he lost the U.S. title. What's he really going to do? You, you have confidence that he's going to be put in a top level program. Maybe, you know, not for the title, but, you know right underneath there would whoever i don't so you know you 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 hear the mcmahon the whole mcmahon shake-up thing what i what i would like them to do more than anything is you call these people up from nxt especially the ones that are main eventing nxt and being champions down in nxt is to have something for them and not let them fizzle out and die because look at the revival man how many five-star matches did the revival put on in nxt and you were so hyped for them to get up here and they haven't done anything nothing it's very disappointing. Hopefully, episode three of Hitting Hard did not disappoint you. Um, I wanted to do this yesterday. I'm trying to do these on Wednesday, but like I said, with Christmas being the day before, and it's just it was just too much. I was exhausted and still kind of wiped out from Christmas, and it's two days later. So, um, I did want to get this out to you guys. Uh, this goes on YouTube. There is a hosting platform for it on uh, for podcasts. I have to find out what it is. Chris has it. It's hopefully um, – I wouldn't say it's been unwatchable that since Rock and Austin that it's been unwatchable. The wrestling actually has been a lot better. Like they actually do a better job of in-the-ring stuff. It's just that what's been unwatchable about is they haven't been able to develop the characters to – get emotionally invested in that's where they've really been lacking in my opinion if you like to watch it from bell to bell you know the stuff that happens in the ring it's really it's still actually really good right now but they can't for whatever reason they can't develop the characters to get you invested in what's going on and that's something that needs to change in 2019 um oh oh yeah there's a hosting platform for it on a podcast i have to get it's supposed to be on itunes soon hello mountain gal uh, but we are going to be saying goodbye, so hello and goodbye. Uh, we'll be doing the uh, NYY Sports Talk podcast tomorrow. Be our final one of 29, uh, 2018, and it'll be 2019. Hard to believe that the year is just about over, but it is. Um, so definitely, you know, stay tuned for anything that might happen. You know, breaking Yankee news. I'm sure we're all expecting something big to be happening in the next day or so, or no, today's what the 27th. So, you know, maybe in the next week you, you have something big coming on. Um, thank you very much for uh, sticking with me here and uh, getting through episode three of hitting hard. And I promise that sometime we will come up with a signature goodbye but follow me on Twitter at Christian underscore NYYST. And uh, until I come up with that signature goodbye, see you in the next episode. Hey.